everybody, to the podcast where we explain people and teach you a little more about your fellow human beings in all their shapes and colors. I'm Master Coach Kim Giles, and I have Sarah Henderson with me in the studio today. And Sarah, today, we're going to talk about fighting styles and how each of the different shapes fight and how you communicate and resolve a fight and, and apologize when you're with each of the different shapes. Wow, this is a good topic, Kim. I'm imagining that since we've all been really closed in together for a while, the fighting might be uh, coming to a head, escalating a little bit. So I'm interested to learn about this today. Okay, so we're going to kind of go through each of the shapes. I'm hoping we can get them all. If we can't do them in one show, we may have to split it up. But I think it's really important. I've got some couples that I have coached in the past And it's been really, really helpful for them to understand their own fighting style and even more importantly, understand their partners so they can make the fight something that's productive. And I say fight, but you've mentioned before we started, it's more like a long conversation that could get a little heated. Is that more a better description? Yeah, I think it starts out is contentious a little bit, and then it kind of comes to a head and you decide that you're going to have to sit down and and discuss it. So I guess a a fight is a good term for an an overall argument about something. Yes, a long conversation. Okay, so I want to talk first about love languages also because they fit in with this. And so let's start with the three people shapes, octagons, hearts, and circles. And for the most part, they are going to have the same love language. So these very people-focused shapes tend to, to care about touch and affection. They also really care about words of validation. And I'm going to say specifically for an octagon, those words of validation need to be an admiration and respect and, and to feel like the person, yeah, admires you. Does that, is that makes sense because you're actually an octagon what do you think oh yeah I think that's absolutely correct I definitely need that reassurance and that validation that um, what I'm doing is uh, appreciated and that my efforts are are successful and amazing and definitely I think that's very accurate yeah octagons of all the shapes really do like to be popular and feel that they're liked and and everybody feels good about them. And so words of validation that specifically make them feel that way really help. Now, it's important to understand their love language because that's going to play into resolving this fight conversation and getting them to a place where things can feel better. So I have been reading this interesting book. Um, It's one of the books by Gary Chapman who wrote The Five Love Languages, and it's about apology languages. And so it's been interesting to kind of think about how each of the shapes does apology. So do you want to share with everybody a little bit about what an octagon needs to hear or feel to actually feel like this is resolved and you would accept someone's apology? Sure. I can talk about that a little bit. I have to initially say that just the words, I'm sorry, really are kind of just words. I think For me, you know, there needs to be some action behind the apology, some intention to uh, think about what happened and some awareness to maybe make a change for what happened at that time for a a future situation. And I think that an apology that comes with, I'm sorry you felt that way, is really pushing the problem back onto me and 
so yeah, there are some things that an, an apology might come, but it doesn't mean that I've totally accepted and moved on unless I see some of those points. Yeah. Okay. So if a listener is out there and they are in a relationship with an octagon, whether it's a child or a spouse or friend, I'm going to, I'm going to say, write down these four things that this is what an octagon needs to feel or, or hear from you before they can let something go and forgive you. So I think you're right. You need to hear them take responsibility for what they did and actually own it. I think octagons need to feel that. I think they need to see actual change, see that you're actually really going to behave different. And I think it'd be nice to hear them ask you if you could please forgive them. So I think that's the third one. And the fourth one, all the octagons I've ever fought with, they can't let the fight go and let it be done until we've kind of healed the connection between us. And there's not that cold feeling with walls up. We're, we now feel warm and connected. I think you guys need that. What do you think? Yeah, that's right on. And that can take some time. So it's not like your 10-minute conversation just healed the connection. Um, maybe it's a, it might take two hours. It might take a couple days for you to show that you're, you're making action. And maybe there's a responsibility on the octagons part too. They're taking some action so that, they're, that they can actually heal what happened. Yeah, I think that's very accurate. Yeah, actually, I'm going to tell you kind of a timeline um, or a, a time that each shape would be willing to have a, a fight or a conversation. And octagons and circles are such great communicators and you guys love communicating that you can have a conversation that lasts for hours and hours and you'll still be engaged and want to keep going. And I bring that up because you might be a shape that can't do that. Like me, I can't do a long, long fight. That was so totally exhaust me. I would be ruined. So it's important to kind of know how long the person that you're going to be talking to can fight for and sort of take that into account. So octagons can do long fights. Now hearts who are also people uh, on the people line, not so much long drawn out conflict would exhaust and depress them and they would just start getting like so worn out that they just cry and wouldn't be able to continue. So we, you got to keep that in mind. If you're with a heart, conflict is very painful for them. They don't like conflict. It feels awful. And so they can't stand being there for very long. They do like very sincere apologies where you've asked them to please forgive you also just keep in mind because hearts don't like conflict they're quick to feel crushed and their fear of failure dominant already so too much criticism and anger you'll just flatten them would you agree yeah, the, heart, the hearts i know actually fit that perfectly kim but the other piece i would add is that sometimes they're way too quick to forgive um, maybe um, the person hasn't even made the an, an apology or doesn't really intend to change their behavior. My opinion, right? Because I'm an octagon, I'm not seeing the things that I would want, but because they are so afraid to be alone, so don't want that conflict, they're just like, it's okay, no problem, we're still friends. So for the hearts, maybe it's a time for them to reflect a little bit and be like, am I forgiving because for my, out of my fear or am I forgiving because I really think that that person is really gonna make a great apology to me. Yeah, and maybe watch to see if behavior actually changes. And if it doesn't, 
maybe you need to actually do something about that instead of just continuing to forgive it. That's a great point. Okay, so how do you think they might vary from circles? Circles certainly don't like that conflict either, but that connection is really important. So So they are more, they like to communicate more. Circles are very much talkers. So they they could do a little bit longer than a heart. I still think that they won't want to do hours, but because they're such good communicators, they can kind of stay in it. The one thing to keep in mind with the circle, there are times when they can lose it. And when they completely lose it and explode, it's going to be so irrational and illogical that that is not the right time to try to have a conversation. With the circle, you might need to let them go and calm down and get their brain back online before we have the conversation. Don't try to resolve anything while they're in complete freak out because they just, their frontal lobe's not even online and you won't get anywhere. Oh, and the circles I know will admit that. They're like, I don't know what it is, but I go into drama mode and I get so, a lot of it's anger. I get so angry that I just, I can't think anymore. And it's totally fine from either angle to be like, ooh, maybe we need, I need to go for a walk or I need 10 minutes. You know, maybe don't leave in a huff, but just say, wow, I'm really angry right now and I need a break. Yeah, I think that's great. Also, just keep in mind that circles and hearts are both fear of failure dominant. So if you have to give them criticism or negative feedback, start out with validation and reassure them that they're valuable and that you love them and all the things they do right, and then give them negative feedback and it'll go over a lot better. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves validation. Those two are really over the top, but maybe you start any for any apology with, I think you're amazing. <laughs> right? For anybody. That's totally true. And a matter of fact, it would be true as we move into diamonds, ovals, and arrows. Because even though diamonds are fear of loss dominant, they still have a lot of fear of failure. So I think all three of these shapes also need a lot of positive validation. Now, because diamonds, ovals, and arrows are fear are um, on the task line, they cannot stand a long fight, taking a lot of time to argue and go over the same thing and try to resolve stuff, that will drive them up the wall. They cannot handle a long drawn out thing. So you've got to keep that in mind. And maybe you address one little issue at a time with these shapes and you only are addressing this one tiny thing. Another great tip, and you guys, this may be the most important thing you'd learn in this podcast. With shapes, that uh, I would include rhombuses, shapes that can't handle a long fight. If if you want to have a conversation to work through an issue, go to them first and tell them three things. Number one, exactly how long this is going to take. So I like somebody to come to me and say, hey, could we have a conversation about this? I know it might be a little upsetting, but I'm going to promise you that it's only going to take 30 minutes. A matter of fact, we could set an alarm And in 30 minutes, the conversation could be over. So that's the first thing. Number two, is this a thing where I'm going to get ripped to shreds? Or is it going to be a conversation that's going to go both ways and that at the end of the day, they will remind me that they still love and value me? Interesting. I think that some of the diamonds I know can be a, a little bit passive aggressive, right? So even if you come to them to apologize, boy, you might get you might get a face full initially of 
why it's all your fault. And you might have to brace yourself and prepare yourself for that initial rush of their frustration before you get your chance to apologize. That is true. They'll have to vent and get all the all their thoughts and feelings out. But if you can tell them up front, this will only take this much time. You're not going to be brutally attacked. I promise it's going to go both ways. And three, at the end of this, all I'm going to ask of you is to maybe tweak one little thing. So now you're telling them a short period of time. It's not going to be too painful. And in the end, I'm going to ask one simple thing of you. Could we have that conversation if those are the, the guidelines? So if you're going to approach a diamond, an oval, or a arrow, an arrow with an apology, then it might be a good idea to start with that time frame, just so they know that you're not going to take the rest of their day to have a two-hour conversation. Yeah, and even more important, they're not approaching you for an apology. They're, you're approaching this person because you're mad, and you, you're going to give them some negative feedback and discuss this issue, uh, this behavior you don't like, or whatever. That's the time. In order to make them feel safe enough to have that conversation with you, you've got to lay out those three guidelines. How long it'll take, how painful it will be, and what are you going to expect of me in the end? And I have to admit, Sarah, I learned those three things relative to, if you want to have a, a difficult conversation with a man, you should lay out these three things first. Now, I actually think by shape is a little more accurate because there are men that are, that are different than arrow men. But I'm, I'm telling you, if you've got to have a difficult conversation with somebody who is not a long fighter, they're a short fighter, clarifying up front that there's a limit and there's some guidelines to this scary conversation will make them feel better to go into it. Okay. So I think their initial is going to be a pullback though, right? Oh my gosh. What do they want to say to me? They start searching their brain for what did I do wrong? What are they going to talk about? Right? So that has to be really clear that, yeah, I'm not going to rip you to shreds. I just need some of your attention. So now also, and we're not going to get into the how to have mutually validating conversations because we've done so many shows on it already. But if you guys don't know how to have a mutually validating conversation, go into the podcast. I've also got worksheets on 12shapes.com that tell you how to do it and do it the right way. But they don't talk about this fighting style part. And so I wanted to make sure we had a show that we did talk about this. So again, with diamonds, they will also want you to take responsibility for what you did and try to make restitution. So if, if you wreck something or you ruined their day, we heard from somebody the other day that told their family they ruined Father's Day. Well, if you ruined Father's Day for a diamond, you may need to create another fun day where you take them to do something that makes up for the day that was ruined in order for them to truly let the ruined day go. You've, you may have to kind of actually make restitution. And I think a lot of fear of loss dominant people are going to feel that way. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. The, um, the fear of loss people really want um, the outcome that they have played over and over in their minds. And when that's not turning out that way, yeah, you're going to have um, some work to do to um, put it back to what they originally wanted or what they originally thought they were going to get and, and maybe make up for it a little bit. Yeah, you're really actually restoring what they lost to some degree. So I would say that is true. Remember, all fear of loss dominance, octagons, 
diamonds, rhombuses, triangles, crosses, and squares all would like some restitution made if you really want them to forgive you or yeah, to forgive you. Okay, so I will just say again with ovals and arrows because their fear of failure dominant, lots of validation is needed to go along with any criticism or negative feedback. And I can own, Sarah, criticism or negative feedback can absolutely crush me, devastate me. And I've had a belief in the back of my head that I have to literally be perfect at everything all the time or I have no value whatsoever. So do I, if I have to hear that I'm not perfect, it's going to be a painful experience. And so just know when you're going into a fight with these shapes, you've got to provide some reassurance or they're going to get so defensive trying to protect themselves from this dagger to their heart that feedback is. And if you, you watch with an arrow, um, we r- we're runners. And so if the conversation is not a safe place and we're being attacked, we will want out and leave and get as far away from you as we possibly can because we're just not safe staying in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I have an arrow friend that uh, didn't like the way some, some conversations were going between a group of us and she unfriended all of us on Facebook. So wow. that's another way you might run away, yeah. right? That's a, that's a permanent runaway and that's a hard one, right? Because now you're totally disconnecting with your people, your tribe, the people that want to be there to support you. You've destroyed it. You've burned the bridge and it's going to take a lot to get that back. So that's funny. I blocked somebody recently too. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is what you do, right? I do not want to have to deal with you. <laughs> yes. And this person actually called my office, talked to Tiffany and told her they were really not happy that I blocked <laughs> Facebook. But wow. yeah, if, if you're going to make my life feel unsafe, you're gone. I'm going to do it. Good stuff to know <laughs> if you're in a relationship with one of these shapes. Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you talk about the rhombus because you know more than I do about fighting with the rhombus. Uh, Yeah, it can be, it can be a kind of a a long process. Um, I would say that for me, because I'm the octagon, I'd say most of our long fights and arguments and discussions usually start one day and usually don't probably end for 24 hours. There's usually a lot of wait time in between. We know we've probably angered I know I've angered him or something didn't turn out the way that he wanted and he can give me the cold shoulder for a while um, and just kind of talk to me like a roommate rather than talking to me like um, a partner for a while. And I can definitely tell when I've upset him and I owe him an apology of some kind or he's waiting for an apology of some kind for sure. And and it does take some time, right, to, to heal that and prove to each other that we're going to make a change or at least work on it. And it's not complete always. It's a, it's a cycle. It happens and then you get better at it, the apologizing. But yeah, he expects that um, there'll be, there'll be change and, you know, my behavior will change um, moving forward. I, as an octagon, I do flip into victim mode quite a bit and he does just that. He doesn't even understand victim mode because he's just like, it's on the list, do it, get it done. He doesn't have a victim mode mentality. So yeah, he has a hard time accepting an apology. I'm, I'm sorry I was overwhelmed. Well, that's not an apology. Yeah, so apologies. Don't approach an, a, a rhombus with an apology and an excuse. That's not what they want to hear. They want to hear that you accept your behavior and you're responsible for your actions and that you'll try to make a change moving forward. Yeah, I've, I've found that with the rhombus, I know. They want you to own your mistake. 
be man enough to own your mistake, say, yeah, I did this. I'm going to change. This is how I'm going to do it different in the future. They'll respect that. Where if you cry or you just go drama on this thing, they're not going to have any respect for that. Would you? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Let's talk about stars for a minute. Love language. Stars are one of the ones who definitely, one of their love languages is gifts. And buying a star a present is a great way to apologize and show them that they're loved. Stars can overreact and go drama pretty big, pretty fast. They are not, because they're fear of failure dominant, they're not going to make it in a big, long, drawn out fight too. They will walk away. They'll say, they'll say their piece and then leave because it's really too painful to stay in the fight. So similar to an arrow, they'll, they'll run. Yeah. My experience with the star is that um, they want everybody to know that they were wronged, right? So it's not just a fight between you and the star. Now that star is going to go out and make sure that everybody knows that you wronged them. And so it's almost like the apology is not only to that person, but to everybody that they've talked about this fight with. Yeah. And because they can go overboard and react so big, um, I would also say, let them have a little cool down time before you try to have a logical conversation. Because again, when they have lost it, their frontal lobe's not online and you can't logically work through things till they're calmer. So keep that in mind with a star. I think triangles fight very much like rhombuses. They want you to just own it because they're so logical and practical. I think they're very, very intelligent. So they might be able to twist your words and out communicate you because they're so smart. So you've got to kind of have thought through your, your argument or your side and be able to give it in a very logical fact-driven way if you're going to fight with a triangle. Yes, um, absolutely. I would agree with that. Try not to get too wordy because they're going to outword you for sure. Yes. And so will squares, rectangles, and crosses. <laughs> Being yeah. idea people, they're very smart and they're very good with words and they can beat you with a word. I also just want to say with the square, they can do the long fight. They can beat you up over something for hours. So keep that in mind that that is a square fighting style, but it may not be for the other partner that's in that relationship. And I think they'll stay on it. Squares will keep fighting till they're hearing what they needed to hear. And again, a couple things they'll want to hear, you taking responsibility for what you did, making actual change and making restitution. I think they've got to see those things before they're going to be willing to forgive. What do you think working with a, a square? Yeah, I see a lot of time passing between fights and forgiveness with a square. I think they do they do hold a grudge and boy, they hold it until they're done holding it. And I think the only thing that you can do is like you said, is make sure they can see a change in your behavior because if they don't see that and you haven't, this might be one of the shapes where you have to actually ask them for forgiveness. I think asking for forgiveness is something that's pretty tough to do. I, I, you know, I think of those words coming out of my mouth, sometimes that's a hard thing to do, but if you're working with a square, that might be the only way you get their full forgiveness is by asking. And yeah. Kim, you have some good ways of wording that instead of just, will you forgive me? What could you say in, in a way to ask for forgiveness that doesn't sound like groveling? Yeah. It's got to be very logical and practical, but 
I think you've got to say, if I can make these changes and I don't, can you let this go and forgive me? Because you're right. I've seen squares hold a grudge for decades over some small thing. And so they've, they've got to be able to see that you're owning responsibility and you're doing different before they'll probably be willing to let it go. Move on. Okay, rectangles. Now, out of all the idea people, rectangles are the fear of failure dominant one. So they can have a long fight with a lot of repeating and they will say the same thing over and over and over until you agree with them because they're ideas people. But at the same time, they're also, they also need words of validation to quiet their fear of not being good enough. So they're kind of an interesting combination there. Yeah, I think rectangles can be tough with that because on the outside, they, they don't appear to need validation um, and words of affirmation, a lot like a rhombus. It doesn't appear that they need anybody to tell them that they're doing well because they're obviously doing well, but that's actually a fear of theirs is to not be doing well. So if you can recognize that and calm that fear as part of the apology, I think you're going to get a long way. Yeah. I agree. Okay, so we've got only one left, the crosses. And I will say crosses can argue a fight for till the end of time, if that's what it takes to prove they're right. They're so passionate about everything. They have all the right research behind them. Yeah, it might be really hard to apologize to a cross. Yeah, you've really got to show that you have changed and that you're doing things different and that you're willing to make restitution for what you did. And they are stubborn. They'll get dug in to being right about something and you'll have to have a lot of really good logic and facts to get them to believe that they're not right. So I'm seeing a link between um, that comes out with a cross and even a square is that that moral compass a lot of times it says, you know, you maybe really crossed a line because it was a value that they had that you didn't agree with or that you crossed a line on something that is extremely important to them. And I can see why that would take a little longer and maybe a little bit more effort for that forgiveness to come from one of those kinds of shapes. Yeah, I think so too. You, you got to prove it to them. They're just not going to be quick to let it go until they really see change for sure. So you guys, I hope this has been interesting. If it's been cool, but you wish you could remember and maybe see this all on paper, I have a worksheet for that on 12shapes.com on the resources and the downloads. There's a worksheet on fighting styles. So you guys can go grab that, print it out. Make sure that you've kind of looked over the ones that are the people in your life that you might end up in a fight with and it'll help. That is fantastic, Kim. Thank you for putting even more content on that webpage. It is just chock full of all kinds of good stuff. And we just want to thank everybody for listening to us this week. So join us again next week for some more of Explain People.